0: Hey, everybody, and God bless you all. This is Pastor Jonathan. Welcome to the Church of Jubilee podcast. I pray that this week's message may bless you, that it may encourage you, and that it may sow a seed of love and hope in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, in the book of Matthew, chapter 27, it talks and specifies and specifically refers to a veil of the temple that was torn uh, in two from the top to the bottom this veil used to represent something in the Old Testament. It was represented the you know, where no one could pass except for the high priest. It was something that you couldn't go in there just randomly. You had to be the high priest, and it required a sacrifice. It required a sacrifice of blood, and there had to be bloodshed for you to be able to get through to that area. But I want you to know that when God died on the cross, when He resurrected and He rose from the dead, and, and rose from that moment, uh, the veil was torn in two, signifying that you and I no longer have to go to a priest. We don't have to go to our friends. We don't have to go to anyone else. We don't have to have a middle person. We don't have to go to a saint. We can go straight directly to the kingdom and the throne of God and speak to God and seek him and feel him because of the veil that was torn. So the veil of the temple, you know, definitely represents a freedom where that separation between God and us no longer exists. So I encourage you through this word to listen carefully, take notes, share this with somebody who needs to hear it. And I pray that it may bless you and that it may just keep moving inside of you, that fire that is from the Holy Spirit. And to know that the God that we serve is at Anytime that we ask for him, he's at that moment right then and there because he is the Messiah and he is the God that we love. I pray the Lord bless you. As always, thank you for tuning in to this week's message. God bless you. To the book of Matthew, chapter 27, verses 46 through 51. When you have it, give me an amen so I know you're with me. All right, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Let us read the word of God on what it says. Verse 46 says, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabathani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Verse 47 says, Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, This man is calling for Elijah. And immediately some of them Ran, they took a sponge and they filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed, hallelujah, and they offered it to him to drink. The rest said, Let him alone. Let's see if Elijah can come save him. Then behold, hallelujah. I, I want you to give me something right there. I, I want to just focus on this. Then behold, this means take a step forward. Hallelujah. Understand. Stand still and understand when it says, then behold, the veil of the temple, hallelujah, was torn in from two, from the top to the bottom, and a great earthquake, hallelujah. And I said, and a great earthquake, hallelujah. And the great earthquake and the rocks were split, hallelujah. You see, there was a veil that had to be torn. Hallelujah. That veil, hallelujah, signified something in between you and God. Hallelujah. But the moment God gives in, hallelujah, and says, and he yields his spirit, the word of God says that the veil was torn. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I know that God has a word for you. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Hallelujah, Jesus. You may have your seats giving glory to God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. I have to build up on that moment right there because I've entitled my message today, The Veil of the Temple. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's talk about what was happening there in this time. Let's talk about the situation we find ourselves in. We know that Jesus was being crucified. And for those of you who don't understand what crucifixion means, means he is on a cross. And he's, and he's being put to death. Hallelujah. They're leaving him for the, the mockery of everybody that is represented there that loved him, saying, this is the God that you serve. This is the God that you have. This is the God that's up there that you said would come back and rise. Well, look at him now. He's on a cross. And in their mind, they're thinking, we got him. We got him, hallelujah. We got him, we we crucified him, we got our way. And he's just been tried in the most unfair way, hallelujah. I want you to think about what I'm saying today. That there was a God who was crucified, who was put on trial. What was his crime? Absolutely nothing besides saying that he was the Messiah. Hallelujah. Pilate the governor, they bring Jesus to Pilate. And they're trying to bring a case up against him. And after Pilate hears enough of it, he says, I can't find something wrong with what you're trying to tell me about him. Well, what has he done wrong? Huh. And, and, you know, and they're telling him, he's like, what do you want me to do with him? And they shout, crucify him, crucify him. And, then, and, and I get this, I thought this was amazing that God gave me this. He showed me this. He said, you know, they, to try to deter the crowd... To change their minds, he beat Jesus so bad. He got him beat so bad. The word of God says, I preached about this last Sunday, that he was scourged, scourged, like he was beat down heavily so that to deter them. So they would say, okay, we feel sorry for him. You know, never mind, we're going to change our minds. He got beat for nothing. Hallelujah. And then you got those that are around him. And they're spitting on him. They're mocking him. And they they forget that what he had done for them. Hallelujah. They want him crucified. And then out of all the things they do, they know he's thirsty because he's been there for about nine, almost nine hours. And they take some bitter wine, some nasty tasting wine to give him instead of water. And they put on a sponge to mock him. And in the last moment, the Lord shows his fatigue in the flesh. And after hours, after nine hours of hanging from a cross with the nails in his hands, he lets out a loud cry, and he yields his spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. And when the Lord releases his spirit... There are signs that begin to happen in that instant, hallelujah, that begin to fulfill the testament, the, the, the prophecy that was prophesied, the scriptures of the Old Testament, and it, and it confirmed that this man that they had crucified was the Messiah, hallelujah. And I want to tell you today that although rocks were split, although the earthquake had happened, although graves were open, although he took somebody into heaven with them, God is still on his throne today. I said, God is still on his throne. Hallelujah. He is the Messiah. You want to tell me that I'm crazy for believing in a God? You call me whatever you want to call me. Hallelujah. Because I know that today that we represent Resurrection Sunday, there was a God that said, I got to pay the price for them right there in that seat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. The most important part about when Jesus was left is the word of God specifies and it says, the veil of the temple was torn. Some of you are like, what in the world? I mean, our, our more tenured seasoned folk, right, we understand what that means. Some of us are like, what in the world does a veil have to do with the temple? Let me explain to you something about the veil. Hallelujah. The veil was a part of the Jewish temple. Hallelujah. It was a part of a Jewish temple that was a big old, I mean, it was perfect in the way they made it. And it was there because it was God's where God's Ark of the Covenant was represented in that moment. Hallelujah. And, and you have to understand that the outer courts, there was about three different courts. And the outer courts where, where you and I probably to in this day would have been able to enter. In the outer courts, we were able to enter because why? That's the common place. That's the place that it doesn't require much sacrifice. It doesn't require, uh, you know, a, a, bloodsh- a bloodshed from the animals. And, and you could live out in the, you can stay out in the outer courts and not be impacted by the, the, the Lord's presence. Hallelujah. Amen. And then you get to the point where you're in the outer courts and then you walk a little bit further. You get to the second part, which was known as the holy place. Hallelujah. This holy place was where the priests carried out their normal duties. It's where the priests were there. It wasn't the high priest. It wasn't you and I, brothers and sisters, that we would probably be. But it was the people that were selected to carry out the priestly duties. And they were in that area in that second part there, hallelujah. And they would continue on, but they were not allowed, none of us were allowed, if we were in that time, to enter into the holy of holies. Hallelujah, because the Holy of Holies was when when the Lord came down to speak. He would come through the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. So you're there in the second part of it. And then, you know, you went, then you get to the final part where the Holy of Holies is. And then there's the Ark of the Covenant. And here's the thing, only the high priest could enter into that Holy of Holies. And you're thinking, wow, I wish I would have been a high priest. He wasn't able to go in just when he wanted to, hallelujah. He had to go in one time out of the year, which was a day of atonement, hallelujah. A day that sacrifice had to happen. Blood had to be shed. The word of God was very specific that said, if the, if the high priest is going to come in, he must shed this kind of blood. He must sprinkle it around here. He must do this. He must do that. There were stipulations, hallelujah. And if anybody walked in there without permission, they would die. backtrack a step you're in that final holy of holies there is a veil that separates the holy of holies from everything else hallelujah amen the high priest had to get in there he had to cleanse himself and he had to offer an animal sacrifice I'm here to tell you today that the veil of the temple, it represents the old law that was found primarily in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. It, it represented something that was saying, hey, ever since the fall of man, there was a separation between God and the people that he loved. Hallelujah. And the only way that he was able to come down and speak to his people was in the Holy of Holies. Hallelujah. When that Ark of the Covenant was represented. Hallelujah. The temple here on earth signified the religious system of the Jews. It carried out the law of Moses. Hallelujah. And as long as the temple was still here, people would think of the old law. This is the law that, that you and I would not stand a chance in. Because the moment we would be in that old law, you and I would all be sentenced to death. Probably by stoning or by being hung by somewhere, some way, somehow. It was a law that had great consequences. Hallelujah! And that, that you had sinned, there had to be a sacrifice that was made on your behalf to be forgiven. You see, we live in a grace period right now, where we can ask God for forgiveness, and God is faithful to forgive us. Amen. But back in the holy of holies in those days, there had to be an animal blood shed—a good, perfect lamb or some kind of animal that was the best of the best—to forgive your sin. Hallelujah, Jesus. It was a law that this veil represented that said it it is by your works. Hallelujah. You are saved by your works because you have to offer the animal sacrifice and you can cleanse your sins and it's what you do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is a law that represents a religious living. But when Jesus, this is the beautiful thing about the Lord, when Jesus finally lets his spirit go hallelujah we we, we read that the veil wasn't just torn a little bit it says the veil was torn from the top to the bottom hallelujah which signifies that God said enough with the old way of thinking hallelujah I will establish a new covenant inside of you hallelujah and you will want to serve me because you will love me and I will love you because I've always loved you God says hallelujah he says you don't have to bring an animal anymore hallelujah all I want is a sacrifice that you can bring which is your life hallelujah he didn't require a high priest or someone else to act on behalf god paid the ultimate price today we call a resurrection sunday amen we call it because we recognize the third day when jesus said he was gonna rise he rose hallelujah and that's why we celebrate it But there was a veil, there was a significance in him dying. Not only did he die to save the sinner, hallelujah. Not only did he die to save those like you and I that aren't perfect and don't have it together. But he died to complete what was spoken by the prophets in the Old Testament, hallelujah. To show that he is a God that is a truthful God, hallelujah. He don't lie, hallelujah. He may take some time, he has time in his own way, but he will be there, hallelujah. And he will complete what he has started. When the veil tears, it symbolizes that there is a God named Jesus who says now this veil is no longer required. You don't have to go through 5,000 steps, Brother Abram, to get to me. Hallelujah. All I'm looking for is a humble, a contrite heart. Hallelujah. A repentant heart. Hallelujah. Something that comes to me and says, hey, I, I want to know more of you, God. What is it this free gift of salvation that you give? Well, I'll tell you what, you and I enjoyed the free gift of salvation, but it came at a price, and you and I didn't pay it. There was a God named Jesus Christ, and he paid the ultimate price. Hallelujah, Jesus. God is so good for that, amen. And one thing I want to point out is that any time that there was a sacrifice in the Old Testament, when the old veil was still existed, there had to be blood shed. The blood represented shedding of blood. It was a cleansing process. It was a a purification. It was was something that said, if you're going to ask me for forgiveness, some kind of blood from the best of what you have has to be shed. Well, fast forward, hallelujah, 2,000 plus years later, hallelujah, there was some blood that was shed all right. It is the power that comes in the name of Jesus. It is the power that was resurrected, hallelujah. It was that blood that Jesus shed on the cross, hallelujah, where they took him in the most humane way, got, crowned a, get a, got a crown of thorns, hallelujah, and then stuffed it on his head. And then as he walked by, they kicked him and they spat on him, hallelujah. The blood that Jesus shed. For you and I on the cross was the perfect blood that needed to give us all a chance. We had to have the chance, church. The blood had to be shed. And what what, what more of a perfect blood than the blood of Jesus who was innocent blood? He said, you know, my children, Adam and Eve, they messed up. And ever since then, I, I have never been able to get that closeness with them anymore. And I'll tell you one thing that I want to do. I can imagine them telling the angels, I'm going to go and I'm going to redeem my children. I'm going to go and I'm going to redeem my, my, my creation. Hallelujah. I created them. Why wouldn't I want to redeem them? What kind of master or God would create something and let them just die off? But he said, I got a plan. And you know what is going to hurt me? It's gonna hurt me deep inside in the flesh. And he says, But I gotta give a price. I gotta pay the ultimate price. I gotta write, I gotta tell Sin, You want blood? I'm gonna give you the perfect blood that will overcome you at all times. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. The veil had been ripped, and it goes to say now. That God's temple is no longer in a physical place anymore. You see, we congregate here and we come together all together and we, we worship God. But God just doesn't live in this place. Hallelujah. He lives wherever he needs to live. Hallelujah. To those that call upon the name of Jesus, he hears them and he lives with them. Amen. Amen. And he says, you don't need a temple anymore. You don't need a high priest to tell, to go confess sins to. You have the almighty God who is the ultimate priest, hallelujah, that says, if you just give me the sins, if you just give me the burdens, hallelujah, I will do something great with them. The blood of Jesus that was shed, hallelujah, was on the cross that destroyed and tore the veil of the temple, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you haven't noticed yet, there is a new covenant that God said, I will make with my people. He says, you know, I tried with the Israelites, and good old Lord my Almighty, they just never got it. They kept failing. And if we continue here, none of them are ever going to see the promised land. Because they just fell so much. Because they go their own way so much. Because they think too much on their own, on themselves. But God comes and says... I got to make this, I got to take away the separation because his spirit wants to be with yours. Hallelujah, Jesus. The covenant that is a new way says, surrender, surrender your life to me, hallelujah. Repent, hallelujah. Turn from your ways and accept what God has for you. Accept Jesus Christ into your life. And put on Christ and say to the world, I am now baptized in the name of Jesus. I am now, I have now put on a new garment that says, I belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. It doesn't require you to do anything to earn your salvation. Besides, to know, hallelujah, that God, if you surrender to God, He will capture your life. And He will make something great of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The old law required that you had to carry out certain acts. But this new law, the new covenant says that the just, the just, the righteous, people that are seeking righteous, people that are seeking to know God shall live by faith. Hallelujah. People think we're crazy because we believe in a God that we can't see yet. Well, I can't see him, but I can feel him. Hallelujah. I can't see him, but I know he's here. Hallelujah. I can't, I can't see him, but I know that when I pray for somebody, I believe in the name of Jesus that healing is declared. It is done. Hallelujah. I, I know that when I pray for somebody to break chains, God just doesn't break one chain. He breaks all the chains. Hallelujah. That's what God is about. That's what faith means, to believe in something you can't see. The faith of believing in something you've not yet seen. Hallelujah. We believe because we know, hallelujah, inside that God lives. Yes. I posted this today on my Facebook. I said, you're not going to find the body of Jesus. All my scientific friends, atheist friends, all everybody that's out there, you can try to find that body all day, live your life trying to fulfill that body. You're never going to find it. Because that lion, that body was resurrected. Hallelujah. But he will come back in a different body, in spirit, hallelujah, for a church and a body that loves him. Glory, hallelujah. hallelujah. But you must be in Christ to receive this new covenant. And once you're in, you must stay redeemed as a believer in Christ. And the blood that he shed is the, was the last blood that would ever be required from man. This is what you must understand. You don't have to bring and sacrifice any more animals because the blood that he shed was enough to cover it all. Hallelujah, Jesus. So you no longer need a high priest to go to. You don't have to go to someone and go confess to somebody, um, you know, and think that they're going to save you because the reality is only God saves you. It is important to confess to one another your sins or if you need help. That is important. As in the word of God, it's biblical. But for you to have to have a middle person, you don't need them. (laughs) Because God says that veil is gone. Before you needed a high priest. Before you needed someone. But the veil has now been torn. And that bell of the temple now is no longer there. So anytime you want to get to the throne of the kingdom of God, hallelujah, anytime you want to step into the Lord's presence, you just come in with your heart and just say, God, I need you today more than ever, God. God, it's just me. I'm not perfect, God. I don't claim to be. You know who I am. You know what I do. But I'm here to give it all to you, God, so that you can change my life. Change my life. Because when you come in contact with God, He's an all-consuming fire. Anything that fire touches, it consumes. Which means it's never the same again. Go try burning down a forest, seeing what happens to it. It's all black and charred. But then something beautiful happens in a few years. It starts growing green, and it grows even stronger and better. The veil now is something that you don't have to have to. It's not required. What does the book of John 3, 16 says? What does it say? Absolutely. For God so loved the world. Stop right there. For God so loved me? Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For God so loved the world he gave his only son that whosoever believe in him. Did you hear that? Shall I believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and then verse 17 is one of my favorites for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved I hope you're getting it today I'm gonna I'm coming to a close very soon but I want to tell you about a story that God gave me this week and it was just so amazing it's in the Bible and it talks about two apostles. Oh, man, this is this is just Jesus is good. <clears throat> These two apostles are walking after, after this guy that Jesus has just resurrected, and they're walking there. And I can imagine, I don't have the details exactly, but I can imagine a conversation of, you know, they say, you know, God said he was gonna be with us. And he's not here with us. And and you know, and they, they're saying that he rose, but I don't know enough to believe that. Because where is he? I miss him so much. I can imagine them saying, "Man, we miss him. We miss him being there with us, hallelujah. I miss him talk, I miss him talking to us. I miss him just showing us compassion. Hallelujah." And they're, they're walking along the road. I'm sure and you know, and the word of God says that they were talking about like that can't be true that he resurrected. It can't be. Cuz he's not it, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And they're doubting what they have heard according to verse 15, 14 and 15. And then Jesus walks alongside them. I think that's just so amazing. Jesus walks alongside them. And, and they're there talking and they're having their conversation walking. And he kinda, I can imagine him kind of pops up and says, hey guys, how's it going? What are, we, what, what are we talking about today? You know, they're saying that there's a God that resurrected. <laughs> but honestly, we were around him. We knew him. We spoke with him. We talked with him. We ate with him. Hey, I, I, I don't believe it, though. And God lets them keep going on. And he's listening to him. And, 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 he, and he tells them, you know, you can tell that the word of God says that he, they tell him, but we had hoped. Which means they were down. Or they were doubting. They were discouraged. And he says, the, the apostles say, but we had hoped that this was true. We had hoped. They didn't believe it. And then Jesus, the word of God says, Jesus explains to them the history and the scriptures. And he begins to explain to them as they're walking still, okay. And they begin to understand based on what Jesus is telling them. Mind you, they don't know it's Jesus. They think it's just somebody. They're like, haven't you heard? I mean, what were you like, born yesterday? Didn't you not hear what happened? And Jesus walks with them. And, he, and, you know, he's about to leave, and they say, no, come on, eat with us. And he agrees to eat with them for dinner. And after the breaking of the bread and thanks, he finally reveals himself and says, I am Jesus. Huh. Can you imagine the apostles, the disciples, like, I thought I knew you, but I apparently didn't know you enough. And then he disappears, the word of God says. But it's what happens next that caught my my spirit. It was this part that just God just, he touched me. He touched me with this. Because he said, the apostles say, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Were, did we not feel it? Did we not know in our spirit that it was him? That's what they were saying. Did we not know enough, to our God, that we had served him, that we walked with him? Did we not know in our spirit that it was him? Because we could feel his love. Because we could feel his joy. Because we could feel his compassion. Because we could feel his mercy. Hallelujah. They're saying, did our not, not our hearts burned within? Did it not hit something inside that said, there's something about this man I recognized? Their hearts were burning inside. I was just like, God. That's just so powerful. Like, hmm. those of you who know what the Spirit of God does, you know that when God touches you, oh, it is it makes grown men cry. Huh. Why? Because there's something that happens because of his love and his mercy and his, his uncompassionate self for you. He loves you so much that these apostles are here and he's over, and they're over here doubting God in front of him And he still loves them and he still tells them, I was with you. And he still gives himself enough where they can feel him and say, man, there is just something about this guy. I know there's something about him. I don't, can't point it out. But, and they find out that their hearts are burning because it was Jesus. Anytime you come in contact with the presence of God, your life begins to be changed. It begins to be transformed. There is an outpouring of a spirit that grabs you and grabs those tears and starts squeezing all those tears. Hallelujah. And says, I will, you will never be loved like the way I love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. And for many of us, it's the spirit in our body that recognizes the need for a Messiah, hallelujah. That it's hungry for a supernatural divine feeling. It says, you know, I got to get in contact with my creator. Because when I'm with my creator, that's the only way my body and my life functions at 100%. Once you walk with Jesus, you'll never experience anything else like it. I guarantee you the next time somebody came up to them and started talking casually, I'm sure they bring like, oh, let's make sure this is not Jesus. Let's test the spirits here. Let us all stand. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm telling you, the veil of the temple was a representation of God saying, Hey. I'm going to make it right, and I'm going to make it right once and for all. And he's telling you today that he wants you to surrender. Some of us run from God. We run from his presence at times because we're intimidated by the presence of God. We're intimidated that if we get too close, things of us are going to be exposed that we're not willing to let go at times. And we run from him sometimes because we're, we're a little bit insecure of who we are at times. We're afraid of being told that we're a failure. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. Stop letting man and their way of thinking get in the way of what God has for you. The only one you should live to please is the one that resurrected on the third day. The one that's still on his throne today. That can be the lion and the lamb, hallelujah. That can love you at the same time, grab you and hug you and say, come on, son, you got to do better, hallelujah. And at the same time, you feel loved. But at the same time, you know, I got to change some things inside of me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. That price that was paid on Calvary... That resurrection, the beautiful resurrection of Jesus, it conquered Satan forever. He was already conquered, but it conquered death. It conquered cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, low blood pressure. I don't care what comes against the blood of Jesus. If you declare it in the name of Jesus, it will be done. It cannot stand against the blood of Jesus. Because there was power in the name of Jesus. can come up already. As you are there standing, hallelujah, Jesus. I believe God has given you the word. I believe He wants to touch your spirit. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask my father, Pastor Ramirez, if he can come help us pray. If you need prayer, if you just want to just reach God, touch God, come on by. You know, we don't like to force anybody to do anything. We want you to do what you will, God puts in your heart to do. Amen. But I want to open up this altar because I know there is somebody hungry today that says, God... I got to get another contact with you. Hallelujah. I got to get, you know, my soul is burning inside. Hallelujah. I want to feel your presence, God. I want you to get me and hold my hand, God, and dance with me for a while, God, while telling me in my ear that you love me, God, that you will always love me, God, that it's not over yet until God says that it is over. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you need prayer, Hallelujah. We want you to come to the forward. Hallelujah. Come on forward.